everybody. I'm Debbie Montgomery Johnson, the founder of the nonprofit, The Woman Behind the Smile, and your host of Stand Up and Speak Up, a show that is about each and every one of us. Many of us have something, something we're hiding, something we're ashamed of, something that through no fault of our own or through our own making, we keep hidden, and that in turn keeps us hidden from each other and the world. Good people go through terrible situations. Wise people know when and how to let it go. Everything that happens to us helps us grow, and while it may be hard to see it right away, the most important thing to do is to change your perception about your circumstances. Regardless of what your personal experiences or traumas have been, this showcase series is designed to ignite the light in you, as well as providing safe harbor, education, personal growth, and resources so that no matter where you are on your journey, you'll have the courage to move on when you're ready. Stand Up and Speak Up features ordinary people who've been through extraordinary situations and struggles and found the courage to step out from behind their smiles and speak up about their experiences and the lessons gleaned from those experiences. Everybody heals at a different pace, and we recognize that. So come on in, have a listen, and enjoy the ride at your own speed. Good morning, everybody. It is such a beautiful day in Florida, and I love to say that to my friends up in the northern parts of the world. It's a beautiful, sunny day, and I'm so glad that you are all here with me today. We have a very special show today, one that Stand Up and Speak Up was actually started for, geared around these wonderful folks, because everybody has had something in their lifetime that has put them in a spot where they wanted to hide, and that was definitely me years ago after I got scammed in an online relationship scam. And so this show is about survivors, about survivors speaking up, finding the inner gumption is the way I put it, the inner courage to tell their stories so that others can be educated and learn and beware and be aware. So I'm really glad. We're going to jump right in. I have three wonderful special guests today, and then I have Dr. Tim McGinnis, the founder of SCARS, the Society of Citizens Against Relationship Scams, and we are going to have a panel discussion after we hear the girls' stories. So I'd like to introduce you guys to my wonderful international women today. I have Miss Georgia. Are you there? Yes, good morning. Good morning. I have Miss Canada. Are you there? Yes, good morning. Good morning, Miss Canada. And we have Miss Texas. Are you there? Good morning from Texas. Good morning from Texas, and thank you ladies for being here, some of you very early in the morning. I certainly appreciate it. So we're going to jump right in. This, the reason we're having this show today is to educate, is to let people know that relationship scams, that's not just online dating. We can be taken on any platform, any social media outlet, any gaming site, any anything, and I want people to hear that and know about it. So we're going to give everybody a little bit of an opportunity to tell their story. And we're going to start with Miss Texas. Yeah. When you started, first off, how, what platform, what social media platform were you on when you, were, when you found out you were taken? It was Words with, Words with Friends. Words with Friends. What took you on to Words with Friends? Oh, boy. <laughs> um, so... I was seeing this guy, and um, and he was the one that introduced me with Words with Friends. And I remember being a little bit hesitant about it because it was a, a social um, game site. So I had been very uh, cautious about only playing with people that I knew. 
So is it something I've never I've never been on that site. Is it something that you just you engage with people around the world or you can if you want to. Um, and you do get invited to play games with other people. But I had only pretty much played with this guy and a couple of friends that I personally knew and that, that was for a very long time. And so then you, um, So you were dating somebody at the time, is that right? wasn't exactly dating. I wanted oh. it to go farther. And unfortunately, there was a couple things going on. I had, uh, I was married for a very long time. And my husband and I were separated. And then we were going through a divorce when I started seeing this guy. And I was, this guy had all the check marks as far as I was concerned. And I thought that, and I'd been seeing him for over a year. We'd been hanging out. And then he completely broke my heart. So I had two broken hearts back to back. Hmm. And then when we quit playing Word, this good-looking guy on Word invited me to play with him. And I thought, okay, huge mistake. Does Word have, are there profile pictures that you're looking at? How'd you know he's good-looking? Well, that's what it is. Well, some people will show their pictures. Some people will show, um, you know, just like Facebook. Okay. You know, some people won't show their profile. They'll show other things. Um, but this was a very nice-looking um, gentleman. Uh, you can put some information about you. You don't have to. Again, I was not, I was not as aware as I am today. Is it a telephone app or an online gaming thing? It's an online gaming thing. Okay. It's like Scrabble online. Okay. And this guy was good looking. Did he say where he's from? Could you tell where he's from? And normally you don't really, again, I've never played a social media game like that. And we did a couple rounds where, you know, you, you create a word, then the other guy creates a word. And then... I got um, a message from him, a chat from him. Hi, my name is Andrew. And then this little conversation started. And again, I'd never played anybody I never knew, uh, you know, any time at all. And so how did it progress into him asking for money or for parcels or something like that? What did, what did he do? So one of the questions he asked after a couple of days was, are you married? And I said, I said, well, I think at that time, by that, by this time I was already divorced. And I said, no, I'm single. And then it was, wasn't long after that, that he said, oh, well, why don't we, why don't we converse offline? You know, ding, ding, ding. Here's the red flag here. Mm. So he, he got me on WhatsApp app. And one of the weirdest things that happened was is that right away we had an all-afternoon conversation online, back and forth. This went on for hours, getting to know each other. One of the very first things he said to me was, I don't play games, you know, meaning I don't play mind games. And he was an older gentleman or, you know, around my age, and he worked on an oil rig in Scotland, and he's going to retire in a couple months. And, you know, that fit all my checks. And then he said, 
let's let's have a video chat. Okay. And this was like within the first two weeks. I saw this guy. I talked to this guy face-to-face on a video chat. Now, again, I wasn't looking for, is this a fake video? You know, my mind, I'm, I talked to this guy. And then um, I had to go overseas for a month. And when I came back, it was shortly after that that he said, hey, um, I've got this box. I'm going to send it to you. It's got some papers in it I need, uh, somebody I can trust. And that's what started the whole money situation, uh, custom fees, IRS fees. And I felt responsible because the box, I got a certificate of ownership that the box was in my name. And I'm a very responsible person. Mm. So that's where the money was uh, was sent out, was trying to get this box back to you? Yes. Okay. Was there urgency in that? Of course. Okay. Because what they did, the scammers did to me, was there's times where, of course, I can't come up with this money. You know, like I've heard you say, Debbie, too, where, you know, you, you spent a million dollars, but you didn't have a million dollars. Same thing like me, you know. My scam came to almost $300,000, I didn't have $300,000. And every time I hesitated to pay this fee, what they would end up doing was, because it took me maybe two or three weeks to come up with this money, they would tack on um, a storage fee. Oh, dear. It was awful. It was so awful. You know, and looking back, you know, the embarrassment and, you know, I, I tried to go to the police department. They wouldn't respond to me. Did they? Did you know? were you able to? Were you able to get a report done at all? No. No report. It wasn't until way after my scam. How did you? How did you find out it was definitely a scam? And how were you able to step away from it? So the whole point of this box was to get him off the oil rig. So that took from October to February. Finally. Um, they got him off the oil rig, supposedly. Then, then they tried a new scam. Of course, I, I didn't know this was all scam yet. But then they told me, supposedly, after he got off the, the oil rig, now he's getting arrested. And, oh, this is going to cost $214,000. And I'm like, I'm done. I, I can't do any more. And about a month of this, where they were trying to get more money off of me, one day I texted him I said I really need my money back and he goes well that's complicated I go what do you mean he goes well he said I'm a poor black man from Africa oh goodness and my world literally just felt like it was a glass and it just shattered all over the floor that was it so when you video chatted him you were not looking at a young poor black man from Africa no, I was looking at a very nice-looking white man who was supposed to be an American. Okay. That's something that's really important. We'll talk about that later with Dr. Tim, how they can actually do that. Okay? So it was complicated. You figured this out now. That Did you ever see the real guy after that? Yes. He, right after he told me that, he actually sent me pictures of himself. My stomach turned. <laughs> like, yeah, I bet. Are you kidding me? You know, you're supposed to be this guy, and now you're this guy. 
my stomach just absolutely turned. And so for weeks afterwards, he kept, will you forgive me? Will you forgive me? Oh, jeez. No. No, you owe me money. You owe me money, period. You know? Oh, I can't. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. You owe me money. And so supposedly he gave me his real name, his African name. And I thought, okay, I don't know. I'm going to try. But I had filed an FBI report, an IC3 report. Um, because, of course, they work as a team. So, you know, I had a couple names. Um, reported all that to IC3. Stopped all communication, you know, with, with everybody. Found scars. Are we at the point where... <laughs> After the scam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what are you doing to recover? And what's happened okay. to him, if you know? Okay. So, so I mean, I'm devastated at this point, And I'm walking around like a zombie for months. You know, just like you said, I'm hiding behind my smile. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do what I have to do like a zombie for months. I am so fortunate that when I started looking up help, because I didn't know where to go for help, and I finally found, I was so fortunate I found scars when I started looking under victims. And because I know, you know, again, through knowledge, that there's other really bad groups out there that doesn't really help you with recovery. I say this time and time again, and I mean it with the bottom of my heart, that if SCARS wasn't there, I don't think I would be here today, honestly, um, because it took every ounce of my power just to get out of bed every morning. Uh, eventually, I, I found a counselor that understood what it's like to truly be victimed. Because, you know, most of the world doesn't understand what it's like for us as a victim but now we're survivors, I know that. But yeah. at the beginning, you know, you tell people what happened to you and they look like, you're really, how'd you do that? That was yeah. a dumb thing to do, you know. But um, unfortunately, my counselor is in a position where she can um, educate law enforcement as to how to handle a victim of a, of, of a cybercrime. Wow, so, that's wonderful. We need to get a hold of her. Is, yeah, that is the way that I have been able to share my experience is through her. Okay. Um, so the well, is getting out. And that's, that, that's so good to hear. Um, and one last thing, what has happened to him? As far as I know, he's still out there running free in Africa doing the scam. But one of the money mules that I had deposited checks into the FBI did capture, and he has been sitting in jail for over a year. He finally um, pleaded guilty a couple weeks ago. Uh, he's up in a um, – anyway, he's, he's here in Texas, and um, I do plan on going to his sentencing. And I've already go. submitted my victim impact statement. Perfect. One step at a time. That's all we can do, Miss Texas. And thank you so much. I, I really appreciate your story. And, and what, what our listeners are, listeners are going to hear today is there are so many elements in 
that are, are similar between each of the stories. Listen to them and, and beware and be aware. Thank you so much, my friend in Miss Texas. Um, I wish you a very happy day and I certainly appreciate you sharing your story today. We will be in touch. Thank you. Thanks, hon. All righty, I'm going to open up to our friend in Canada. Do we have Miss Canada there? I'm here. Hey, now you just heard Miss Texas's story, and I want to kind of address the same same types of, of questions. Okay, we're okay. going back to the beginning. Where did you? Were you? What happened that you were either online dating or looking for games? How did you start your online experience? Um, it was just um, a, fr a Facebook friend request out of the blue. Um, this was back in March 2020. So it was just a, a, a friend request from a stranger with a picture of a very good looking man with a little girl beside him. And I responded asking if he might have made a mistake. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it just went from there. He said, no, no mistake. I was, I was looking out for you and um, became friends. And then like Miss Texas, he had a video call me, and it was a real person. <laughs> and also, um, so the story is he's working on an oric, and his daughter is being cared for by his aunt in Turkey, and he's in Azerbaijan on an oric. So the little girl who's supposed to be eight years old also video called me one time, and she looks real, she waved at me, <laughs> but hung up really fast about a minute into the call and said she's really shy, she, can, she cannot um, talk too long on the video. Of course, now I realize those are all fake video calls. <laughs> but there was no, I mean, you, you trusted him, there was no indication that that, that was I wasn't looking fake. for any sign of <laughs> fake, like deep, I found out about deepfake technologies now. <laughs> so real qu quick question, Miss Canada. Going back, though, to the Facebook request, did he have any mutual friends, or this was just out of the blue? Out of the blue. No out mutual of friends. No. Now, had you, had you accepted an out of the blue kind of a request before, or was this a one-time deal? It was the first time and my last time. <laughs> first time. Well, there, there's a warning sign there, guys. Do not do that. Okay, after you did that, how did he move? Where did he move from? Because Facebook requests would move into like Facebook messaging, or you yes. said you wanted to. Well, he's supposedly to be an American from okay. San Francisco, and like two days after we were friends on uh, Facebook, he he said, uh, "I prefer to talk on WhatsApp. Do you mind giving me your number?" Okay. And I do a lot of WhatsApp conversation and chatting with friends all over the world. So I said, yeah, sure, why not? Because <laughs> I think, you know, typing on Messenger is a little bit more uh, inconvenient. So I said, yeah, I gave, I gave the number, and then uh, he deleted his Facebook account after that, and I gave oh, wow. him much of it. <laughs> of course, now I, I know why. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we did most chatting on WhatsApp, and then sometimes on Hangouts. That's Google. That's a Google. Yeah, Google Hangouts. Yeah, um, that's 
only for voice and uh, all the text messaging is on WhatsApp. And I don't know, his, his story is he cannot do WhatsApp chatting because his computer doesn't, uh, I don't know how he set up <laughs> his WhatsApp on his computer. Because supposedly his, his mobile phone is locked up in a hotel on land and he's on the Oric where no mobile phones are allowed. Oh. Possibly. Yep. Don't know. And then a few weeks after we became friends, as we were chatting, he said, oh, sorry, he needs to go. His workers, well, he's, he's supposed to be an Oric engineer contractor. He's got this big project where he has 105 workers working for him. And he's going to get... Um, at the end of the project, which is supposed to be end of April 2020, he will receive his uh, his final payment of millions. <laughs> mm-hmm. And as we were chatting that one time, uh, this was this was still late in March. He said he had to go because his workers were knocking on his door, and he has to go check what happened. And then later on, like the next day, he said there had been a big explosion and some worker was seriously hurt and he's waiting for some people to come on the oil rig from land to check out the damages and then uh, yeah found out he has damaged machines which he need to pay for replacement and that's where he did not ask for money initially but then it dragged on for a few days where he said he couldn't pay for machines. He's already got quotes and they are like uh, almost 100,000 euros. <laughs> and I go, okay, what you going to do about it? He said, oh, he doesn't know yet. And uh, so to make the long story short, <laughs> he wasn't able to come up with the money. And then I started to feel sorry because I feel like... I'm kind of responsible because I was chatting with him when the explosions happened. And I go, oh, maybe mm. I'll help you with a little bit of money <laughs> to get you over this obstacle, right? And that's where I think I made the mistake of offering that, you know, help. And I offered to help a little bit, but then it turned out to be quite a lot. All in all, I helped him pay almost half a million dollars with all the fees because it involved paying for damaged machines and then shipping costs. And then it was one after another, like another machine was damaged. It all dragged on until I found out it was already late August. And he was supposed to be all done. Everything's resolved. He's going to get his payment in a few days. At that point, I was already so stressed out because I have to pay the banks all the loans that I've taken. And he said in three days, he'll be in Turkey to be with his daughter. At this point, his daughter's caregiver, which is his aunt, had died (laughs) already. (laughs) And um, yeah, uh, by, by then he told me, tomorrow I'll call you back. And I found out I was ghosted the next day. He had unregistered his number from WhatsApp, and I panicked, <laughs> and I started looking for information online, and I found someone else's post that looked so similar to my story, and I, I realized then that I was scammed. 
So he, he never said that this was a scam. He never said goodbye. He just dropped off the face of the earth. Just disappear, yeah. Okay. Oof, and gone. I'm so sorry about that. Uh, one quick question. You said that he had never asked for money up until the point of the big request. No little little amounts along the way. Oh, oh yeah, no, no, no. He did, he did. Well, he didn't. Okay, so just a few days into when I got to know him, March 12 was supposed to be his daughter's birthday, and the eighth birthday. And he said he doesn't know what to do because his aunt doesn't have money to to uh, give her a birthday party. And I go, well, why? Why didn't you give her some money? Oh, my aunt loaned the money that I gave her to her friends, and they have not paid her back. And I go, okay, so do you want me to send her a present? I said, uh, eight-year-old girl, maybe I can give her a Hello Kitty toy or something. Mm -hmm. And he goes, no, 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 that's not really what she's used to. I usually throw her $10,000 birthday party. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) <laughs> that, we're we're a good fam- we're a rich family. Like we don't you know, we don't scheme on parties and I go, Oh, okay. All right <laughs> My Hello Kitty toy doesn't really mean much then. So I said, Never mind then, you know, forget about it. I mean I offered. But she started writing me emails and was very sweet little kid. Um I mean it's all fake but You didn't know that. Where, yeah. You didn't know that, just I didn't either, so I get it. <laughs> I can I kind of was more uh, smitten by the little kid then because I miss my grown up kids. Mm, okay. <laughs> and she's saying like you know I I like to have big sisters and brothers, and I wouldn't have them because I'm the oldest and my little brother had died. Okay, so the story is he's he's a widower because his wife and son had died in a car crash. Okay. <laughs> so all the stories. I mean, I never imagined this is all fake. <laughs> like, well, you weren't, like you weren't looking. Texas, I was like a zombie after that. I couldn't believe what But you happened. weren't looking for love at that point. You were looking for a, a friend. I was looking for a friend. I was totally wasn't dating or anything like that. I was just um, doing my, you know, going to work, come home, watch Netflix, and, you know, read a book, but... Because of the pandemic lockdown, and when there's someone to chat with me, I was happy to. <laughs> okay, so it's companionship. It is. Wasn't and once looking for anything romantic. Once he once he ghosted you and was gone, and now you started looking around. Where did you go from there? How did you proceed and try to recover from this? Ah. Uh, well, right away when I found out it was a scam, I I reported to the police, my local police, and contacted all the banks and told them to try and help me recover the money I sent because this is all money that I deposited into real bank accounts. It was not like uh, a lot of the other survivors. They send, you know, iTunes card and Google cards, whatever. But for me, I'm actually sending money to business accounts in both Canada and also Turkey. <laughs> were, you wi- were you wiring money then through your local bank? Yeah, it was wire okay. transfer initially. And then uh, the first couple was wire transfer, but the fees were so high. 
And then I was told I could just buy a bank's uh, cashier's check because I do have a free cashier's check yeah. or bank draft. And instead, so I, I purchased bank draft and deposited it into this account. And this, these are real accounts that belong to big banks in Canada. <laughs> so did you actually go to a physical bank and deposit the check? Yes, I did. <laughs> okay. See, it, this is, this is something I had, I had I had heard about sending checks and and you know I wired money I didn't put get so for me this is interesting because it, it, there are little differences in everybody's story but there are so many similarities. So, so I showed the bank tellers the invoices that I'm sending this to <laughs> like for I mean they were asking me what is this for and I said someone's on the oil rig and needs the machine or the shipping cost like I actually have invoices to show because I asked for all these documents and I was given them but I, I realize now they're all fake. <laughs> did you Very get any did you get any pushback from the bankers? Um there was one the one that I wired money to Turkey. Uh I got a call from the bank and they asked me what do you want to do about this because I believe this could be a scam and I go no, 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 you couldn't because, like, you cannot stop the payment because this is really urgent. They need to pay the machine so the project can carry on. Please do not decline this transfer. Okay. <laughs> now I think back, I was so dumb. No, no, don't blame yourself. It, no, 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 I've been there. I get it. Don't blame yourself. They are, they are so good, and we'll talk about that afterwards. Okay. So, yeah. so you did your report. How did the police treat you? Um, very sympathetic. They just okay. tell me they will investigate, but they, most of these cases never see anything uh, resolved. Like, I mean, no money will ever be recovered. Yeah. But they will con they will investigate it. That's all I said. Um, Have you told any friends and family? I've told my two kids. Okay. I've told a brother, and. To uh, a lot of friends who are single ladies and also uh, who had lost their spouse. I just want to make sure people who are maybe in a vulnerable situation may be targeted. So yeah, I just told friends like that and. And you're an inter you're an integral part of SCARS, which is the Society of Citizens Against Relationship Scams. So you are a great educator now, and and I thank you for sharing your story today, Miss Canada. I really do. I've learned so much from from you and Miss Texas's story. And we're going to move on to to one more story before we bring in Dr. Tim. We thanks a thanks again, Miss Canada. I'm going to okay. put you on mute for a second. Uh, we have Miss uh, Miss Georgia's here. Miss Georgia, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes. Good morning. Good morning, my dear. Thank you so much for being with us today. Now, you've heard two other stories. I'm gonna. I'd want to get some similar information from you. But first off, mm -hmm. this this happened relatively recently for you. Is that correct? Yeah. Can yeah. you tell us how did it happen? What what platform were you on, and how did it happen? Was on Facebook dating. Um, I've never, ever wanted to go on any dating apps, so I was, a, you know, I was on Facebook, so a friend encouraged me to do the Facebook dating. She had met, you know, quite a few people, and, you know, I felt, okay, well, maybe this is safe for me to do. You know, I wasn't really looking for anybody. I was just really looking for a friend, 
And um, so I, you know, set up a profile. We set up a profile, and I put my pictures on there. You know, I gave all my information as far as no drinking, no smoking. I have kids. Um, and and that's basically where, I, where it all started. How soon after you pro- posted your profile did you get contacted? I had gotten maybe six contacts prior to that, but they were nobody that, you know, I would be interested in. And it may have been a month after I had set up my profile that I was contacted by um, this person. So tell me a little bit about him. What what intrigued you about him? Well, um, first of all, he was Italian, so it was kind of really out of my comfort zone, you know, somebody from another country. Uh, But, you know, I was like, okay, well, a friend, you know, we could be friends. And I decided to go ahead and and match. And as soon as I matched, I got a message. Uh, You know, he was very intelligent. You know, he was gorgeous. You know, I was like, okay, well, this could be something possible. You know, I want to be friends. And he messaged me instantly after I matched, and it was a long conversation. Um, and, you know, it detailed that he had, um, his wife had passed uh, in a plane crash, and um, he had a son that was being cared for by his aunt here in Georgia. So it was very convenient for me. I was like, okay, it's only like an hour away from me and and we could be friends. So, you know, he was a sculptor. He was on a contract um, at a hotel that they were building in Canada. So he said that he would be home in June. He would be finished with the contract in June of 2020. So... Once that date started coming closer, I was getting excited. But then all of a sudden, there was always delays. It was so many delays. So um, I don't know if I'm getting ahead of the question. No, that's okay. That's okay. Um, No, I'm just curious because I I don't know anything about Facebook dating either. So on Facebook dating, it's like a regular date. Have you been on any other dating sites? No. No, No, I have not. So, But on Facebook dating, they presumably have the profile picture and maybe some other pictures and information. What did he present himself as? He was a sculptor. He was international, yes. young, I mean, um, about your age? or He was actually 50. Okay. Um, he had just turned, well, no, he was about to turn 50 uh, when I met him. And it was kind of interesting because I was getting ready to turn 50 this year. So, um, you know, it was very close. We were very close in age. So that was very interesting to me. But, you know, the fact, I really thought that he was pretty much out of my league because he's a sculptor. You know, I'm a single mother with two kids. Um, I am disabled as well. I am visually impaired. So, you know, this, it it kind of was like I, I was, looking for someone to, you know, just to talk to and, and possibly just be friends. That's it. 
and he fit that profile. You know, we had very good conversation, extremely good conversation. So now, I kind of got tied into that. When you say conversation, I know when I say conversations, back, this is back in 2010, 2012, conversations for me were, were, were writing over Yahoo Chat. Were you having conversations on the phone? Were you chatting on, on WhatsApp? or How did you communicate with him? Well, um, after his first message, um, he asked me, he said, can we move the conversation? He said, I don't do Facebook that often. Can we talk? And I was like, okay, well, yeah. I gave him a breakdown of who I was. I had children, and um, I gave him my phone number. I put my phone number in there first. And I think maybe a day later, I got a phone call from a number that I didn't know. And I answered the phone, and he was like, hello, how you doing? And I'm like, I'm doing fine. He was like, um, I just thought I'd give you a quick call. I'm, I'm in between breaks. And I was like, oh, this is the person that was on Facebook, you know, the Facebook dating. And I was like, okay. He was Italian. Did he sound and Italian? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm still Thinking trying back. to figure out. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out. the. T- he sounds Italian, but then I'm like, okay, he sounds like he could be somewhere, something else. I've, I've heard different people talk, and it can go either way. I have no clue. I have you no wanted clue him to, You wanted him to sound Italian? I wanted him to. I definitely did want that, you know, because it, it fit the profile. You know, it, it honestly fit the profile of the picture that I saw. And yeah. I was like, okay, well, yes, he is Italian. Um, you know, he showed me pictures of him and his son. So I was like, okay, you know, maybe maybe he's Italian. And from there, we talked every day for hours on hours on, I mean, just in the middle of the night, all night. I was actually exhausted. I've never talked to anybody that long ever in my life. So On the, on the phone again, right? On the phone? On the phone. On the phone. On the phone and text messaging. You know, okay. he texts me. Uh, he texted me a lot, and that was very interesting because I was like, okay, what man texts as much as this man does? It was very interesting, you know, but I, I went with it because he had all the conversation in the world. He had he said everything that I wanted to hear, and I was happy to have that outlet because I didn't have this pandemic. You know, I'm at home. I don't have anybody to talk to. You know, I just kind of cut everybody off. And I, I totally, solely depended on his conversation completely. Okay. So how did it transition to him asking for money or parcels? What did, what did he do? And how soon after you started communicating did he, ask, did he have the ask? Yes. Um, he actually asked maybe about three weeks into knowing him. Um, he said that he had a bank account that was kind of tied up. He couldn't get his money, and he said that he wanted to send his aunt some money for his son. So children are my heartstring. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm 
you know, when it comes down to kids, I'm like, okay, well, he was only uh, five, you know, his son was five at the time. And I was like, okay, well, I said, I don't know about that. He was like, you know, he said, you feel uncomfortable? He was like, you know, I'll give it back. You know, I just want to make sure she has something for him. And I really honestly think this was the open door for him to ask me for more. Mm-hmm. If I was going to do this at that particular moment, if I did it, mm-hmm. then he would start asking for more. And, and did he? Yes, he did. Um, the first one came, I had to do a bank transfer. But unfortunately, my bank will not allow me to do money-to-money transfers. I have to get a money order, and I have to put it into, I have to deposit it into someone else's account. So he sent me the account information, and I took the, it was 300 at first, and I took that and I deposited it into that account that he gave me. And, you know, everything was okay. I asked him, I said, please let me know when they receive it. And Quick question, Were you de- did you deposit money into a bank that you had an account with, or this is a different bank? Um, it was my bank. It was... Uh, it was my bank, but it was actually somebody else's account with the same bank. At that bank? Yes. Wow, okay. I'm a former yeah. banker, and I'm sitting here just going, oh, my gosh, they're doing things so differently now. Okay, right. so $300. Yeah. Did the tellers give you a hard time? Did they say anything or just took it? No, they they took it. You know, I, I told them that I was um, depositing this money into someone's account, and they said, well, okay, I I said, do I have all of the information? And they said everything was correct. Everything went through. The name was, the the name was good. The account was good. Everything was good. And it went through. Okay. So he called me back later that evening and uh, told me that he had received it, that she had received the money. And I was like, okay, that's fine. And, and it's interesting because the person that, um, the name it was, I researched that person because shortly after we left the conversation on Facebook, he deleted his profile. So mm-hmm. I didn't get a chance to go back to see who he was, you know, to look at the profile or anything because he had already deleted it. Um, but I looked up the person. I thought maybe I was looking up the person because I had a name and an address of this person. He said, this was a banker. He said, this was... Um, this was one of his agents is what he called it. He said, oh. this is my agent. And, um, but I looked up the address, and the address was a home address. And, you know, I was like, okay. I, I didn't think anything of it. I was like, okay, I'll just send it. And, you know, it's just $300. But I'm a single mother on disability. Yeah. $300 is a lot. You know, so. Yeah. So the name and address was a woman in Georgia? No, it was actually a woman in, I want to say somewhere like Chicago or um, it was in a completely different state. Okay. Someone in a completely different state. Okay, interesting. We could talk forever. I know Dr. Tim wants to come on. I want to have one. How did you find out that it was a scam? Like I say, as time progressed, he started talking about he was having problems with uh, getting supplies. 
and it was a pandemic. Uh, people were upcharging him for the supplies, and um, he did. I was like, okay. He said, my tools are broken. Um, you know, my men cut themselves with the tools, and I need to replace the tools. And he was like, I put $200,000 into of my personal. He said he put $200,000 of his personal money into buying mm-hmm. materials and supplies, and he was short. Mm-hmm. So the first one came at 1500 and I sent that through cash out to somebody. Through cash through out, cash okay. And um, then after that, you know, he was like, I'm still, I still need more. He's like, my agents are not coming through for me. I still need more. And I actually scraped up everything I had which was about 2700 and sent it through, it was through a con- combination of Cash App and Bitcoin. Mm. So um, the last time was in December of 2020. Okay. Um, he told me, he said, you know, I've gone through so many different delays and challenges that can can you help me get home? And I was like, okay. You know, I said, well, good, you're coming home. He said, I've, I've passed the job off to someone else. Uh, I need to get a ticket to come home. I need a little extra money to, you know, for food and to get travel back to the airport and, you know. So I said, okay. I told him, I was like, I don't really have this, but I spent $500. And this was in December 2020. I told him, I said, first I asked if I could get the ticket. And he was like, no. He was like, I, I, I need to get the ticket myself because I want to make sure I have everything correct. And I'm like, okay, well, I can do the same thing. But I went ahead and sent it anyway. Um, I didn't hear from him for about three or four days. And I felt like that was really odd. Um, at this point, he had moved me to Hangouts. He said something was wrong with his front, his phone. Mind you, I've never seen him before on video chat because he said that he couldn't get the video yeah. working. Um, he couldn't download it. His phone had too much memory, and he couldn't download the app to do it. So, But he had moved me to, to Hangouts um, before he left, supposedly was leaving. And I told him, I said, how am I going to know, you know, if you got your plane ticket and everything? He said, I'll, con- I'll contact you through Hangouts. But I got a message on Hangouts. All I got a message was, I've been detained. And I'm like, yes. detained? And at that point, I was just, my heart sunk because I was like, this, I had already figured I was being scammed, but I was trying to find the, um, I was trying to find some kind of ground to say, okay, no, this is not what that is. That's not what it is. This is a real person. This is definitely a real person. I was trying to find that in my heart. But you you real. had, like the, like I did, those pink flags were just waving. Yes. Okay. Yes. We could go on forever, Ms. Georgia. Thank you so much. I know this is one of the first times you've told your story, and I certainly appreciate you being here. I've got to bring in Dr. Tim. Um, Tim is, again, the founder of SCARS, a Society of Citizens Against Relationship Scams. We've all worked with him. We're working with him currently. Dr. Tim, are you right there? 
I am. Okay, Tim. You've heard the stories. You've heard this from a lot of people. What is your take about what's happening now on Facebook dating, friends, words with friends? No one here other than me was on a dating site. So when we hear relationship scams, it is not dating sites necessarily. It's there, but it is so yep. much bigger. So I'd like your take. Well, obviously, the fact is anyone can be scammed anywhere. It could be in the supermarket. It could be in a shopping mall in real life. But when you're online, virtually any place that you have contact with another identity, with another avatar, with another person or profile, can be a scammer. And the odds are that it will be. Anyone, any stranger that contacts you on social media or any platform, when a stranger contacts you, it's 99% certain unequivocally that it is a scammer. And of course, the, the theme throughout all of your guests is a simple one, confirmational bias. Mm -hmm. They were looking for information to confirm what they already essentially believed, which is that it was real. Even though there was a doubt there, the doubt would have had to jump through hoops go down a roller coaster, jump off the, the Eiffel Tower before they would have believed it in the early stages or in the midpoint. Another thing that's, that's interesting in all of these stories is a central theme. The scammer grooms their victims so that when the moment comes for money and they present the need, the, the victim will volunteer to send money. Now, they may not exactly want to do it, but they'll throw it out as an option, and then the scammer steps in and starts applying pressure for that goal. So all of your three guests essentially were groomed so that when the moment came, they were willing to step up and send a small amount. And, of course, it's an escalating process. Mm -hmm. It begins typically with a first amount, and that first amount will be small. It may have a bite to it. It might be $100, might be $300, but it's still relatively small. And the reason for that is that that helps the scammer further manipulate the victim into sending larger and larger, the escalation aspect of it. Because if they can get someone to send a small amount, there's an old rule in telemarketing that you ask the customer questions that you know they're going to answer yes to. So that by the time you get around to asking for the order, they're already predisposed to saying yes. And the odds increase tenfold that they'll say yes to your order. So. These manipulative techniques have been around for a really long time. They're not hard to learn, but scammers have taken it to a whole new level. They can be dumb, they can be smart, but they don't really have to rely a lot on much intelligence. They have to rely on the person that you're chatting with is going to be a member of a team who's particularly good at that, and they're always online. Most victims never ask the, the, the critical question, here's a guy who's working for a living, how is it he's online anytime I am? And able to chat for hours, hours, hours in a day. 
my head explodes when I'm on a call for an hour. <laughs> so real people don't do that unless, well, you know, unfortunately, they're infatuated in love and whatever. So, but still, real people have jobs. Now, a sculptor who spends $200,000 on tools, no sculptor spends $2,000. So the, the problem is that not with the victim, not what they believe, but it is inherently in the story. The stories are designed so that, so that a person hearing this from the outside is going to say, oh, my God, how could you believe that? Well, the reality is that's the purpose of unbelievable stories because they groom the victim to a certain point. They apply a little bit of gaslighting, and then they introduce these impossible elements in it coupled with the flood of hormones and the desires and everything that else goes with it. And the more impossible stories that you accept and believe as a part of the scam, the more you're likely to accept more and impossible stories. So this is part of the manipulative process. When, when explaining this to other people, you should always use the word that I was groomed and manipulated. Because those are things that, those are words we know because they apply to human trafficking and child abuse, there's no difference in the psychological tools that these people are using from what, you know, human traffickers or, or, or sexual predators use. Same basic technologies applied to a different kind of a victim, but that's the only, devi or the only difference between them. And people can understand it when you explain it in those terms. Otherwise, it's very hard for them to understand how you could accept stories like this. But the truth is, by the time that story is introduced, you're way past the point of no return. The other thing that I found particularly interesting was the notion of audio calls and video calls, seeing people on video. Of course, scammers use recorded videos, and there are always a variety of reasons why they don't have a microphone, etc. but they've gotten actually quite good at understanding that a video call, especially if you're not experienced, the audio could be out of sync, and, and a person isn't going to pick up on that. They're just going to think that it's weirdness on the Internet. So they actually can play back a recorded video for a few minutes, and the person can talk, and they're trying to talk in sync with the video to some extent, but they don't have to be perfect because your brain will fill in the pieces and make it acceptable. In the case of audio, truth is, whether it's an African or someone else, but let's just say for argument's sake it's an African, there were Italian colonies, there are French col former French colonies, so... Many of these people have traveled overseas and learned in universities and schools. A point being, a significant majority of scammers are, in fact, college-educated. And as part of their college curriculum, they would have learned another language, or at least tried to. So they can certainly mimic another language. But at the moment where you start sending money, 
the task will be handed off to a different kind of scammer on the team, someone who will hold the victim in that money-giving mode and continue to wring out the last drops. So the similarities in all of these are the telling points, the red flags or the pink flags that you say, that will help victims hear what's more similar rather than what's different, and those are the telltales that can help you. But unfortunately, your own psychology and your own emotions are going to work very, very strongly against you. Thank you all three of you, uh, Miss Texas, Miss Canada, and Miss Georgia, for coming on and sharing your story. This is incredibly important, not only for you, and it may be scary, and you may feel a bit bewildered at the moment, but it will make you stronger. It is the way it works. This is the way trauma is. And I'm not a psychologist, but we've worked with enough victims. We actually just passed the seventh, seven millionth victim that we have supported in the last six years. So thank you all. Well, Tim, the, the SCARS is an incredible organization. And, you know, I've been working with you for several years, and, and I'm a huge proponent. And I thank the women that have come on today because it's very difficult to, to be a speaking-up survivor. And it, it gets easier with time, and the more you do it. And I just want to put out there, I, I was sent a podcast that was done by ParCast Network, P-A-R-C-A-S-T, network and it's on Spotify and it's my story it's called Debbie Montgomery Johnson there's part one part two the woman behind the smile I was not on the podcast it was somebody narrating my story and I sat here and listened to two hours of somebody telling my story and it brought back so many of the emotions but I'm sitting there kind of like an outsider because it was in the third party it was Debbie Montgomery did this Debbie did this and then they explained why some of the things happened and Dr. Monica Witte who works with us from us I think Monica's in Australia Tim is that right um, Monica is in the United Kingdom and she's a researcher uh, at one of the universities there and has done incredible research and I'm reaching out to her to have her as, as one of my guests, but just want to listen to the story. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, it sounds so unbelievable, but there's so much of what you guys said today in my story and in everyone's story that we hear about. And the only way we're going to slow this down and to stop it is to speak up. And I thank you for that. And I hope that the audience who's listening that are, has not been a, a victim or survivor, if you're a family member, do not blame the family member. Please be empathetic and understand what went on here. And we can, you can do that all by going to romancescamsnow.com and seeing the incredible amount of information that is there for all of us to learn and to educate and to be there for others. So I, I could go on for an hour with this show. This has been tremendous for me. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Thank you for our, our listeners for, standing, for being here on Stand Up and Speak Up because we are encouraged to dedicating each and every one of you to remove the mask of, of embarrassment and being your best self. If you've been a victim of a scam or cybercrime, please go to againstscams.org for assistance and guidance about recovery and options. We would love for you to donate to the cause. It is, a, it is a worldwide organization, and we are trying to do our very, very best with very little right now, so please help us out. This episode has also been sponsored by BenfoComplete.com, a vitamin supplement company that supports happy and healthy hands and feet for those with neuropathy. If you or anyone you know struggles with the pins and needles or numbness in their hands and toes, please check out our Benfo products at BenfoComplete.com 
and use the special code stand, stand up for a 5% discount on your purchase. Again, thank you everybody for being here. Go to my website, The Woman Behind the Smile, for additional information and resources. We have all these shows on my YouTube channel. And also, I believe they are posted on the SCARS YouTube channels. Enjoy the replays. Thank you again, ladies, for your courage, for standing up and speaking up. I really appreciate and honor each one of you. In the end, only three things matter. How much you loved, how gently you lived, and how gracefully you let go of things not meant for you. So by standing up and speaking up today, it's a starting to let things go that were not meant for you. Thanks, Dr. Tim, and everybody have a wonderful day. Thank you.